Hello lovely people, I hope you're having a lovely day. If not, I hope to make it a little bit better. This is The Candid Colleague, where we delve into mental health and well-being in the workplace, and we will often trickle into general well-being bits as well. I'm your host, Zoe Dalacott, and I'll be talking with some wonderful people to gain an extensive stance on how we can build resilience, productivity and comfort across our workforces starting with taking care of ourselves and each other. Welcome to another episode of The Candid Colleague, where we discuss all things workplace wellbeing and mental health. Today I'm joined by Amanda Perry, marketing expert, agency owner and serial entrepreneur, During her 15 years experience in business, Amanda has practically seen it all and is now using her expertise to help small businesses grow and achieve their own version of success to become freer and more content with their life and work. After scaling and selling three businesses, Amanda founded the Ecom Growth Hub and Soup Agency, working with small indie brands to smash their toughest targets and bloom into flourishing businesses. With her own podcast, The Work-Life Blend, Amanda is redefining the phrase work-life balance to befit the crazy worlds and schedules we face 24-7. Welcome to the podcast, Amanda. Oh, what a lovely intro. Thank you very much. I'll try my best. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for asking me. How are you? How has your week day been? Good. Yeah, good. Yeah, a bit um a bit hectic. I feel like a bit of a fraud kind of talking about work life blend at the moment because it's uh, <laughs> it's just crazy 24/7, but oh, no. that, that's kind of the point, isn't it, that we're in charge of that and um you know, the tough times are worth it and the yeah. the kind of better to better kind of slower times make up for that. So, yeah, Absolutely. no, I'm shining so I'm happy. Oh, lovely. Um, so if you could just start by summarising as best as you can, I mean, I gave you a brief introduction, but um, basically just summarise what you do essentially and what got you into the world of entrepreneurship and investing in other businesses. Yeah, thank you. So yeah, it was a great introduction. Um, as you say, uh, my name is Amanda Perry. I um, have an agency, Soup Agency, where we help e-commerce brands grow their revenue. Um, So we work with them on a number of digital marketing um, channels, primarily paid social, organic social, email marketing, influence marketing, and Google. Um, And we help them grow their revenues. I also have the Ecom Growth Hub where we help much, much smaller businesses do the same thing and do it themselves. So there's a course and coaching and that kind of thing in there. Mm -hmm. Um, My agency kind of marketing journey actually started quite late. I've only had the agency for a couple of years now, maybe three years. Um, And leading up to that, I've been in business for five years, 15 years, sorry. And my first business was a physical, a cake business. So I had water stores. So I had seven, seven stores, 70 staff. We were turning over like a million quid a year on cup gone two pound fifty cupcakes so it was oh, it was weird. crazy um yeah. and then that I had that business for about seven years six or seven years mm-hmm. and it was amazing and then it was really not amazing at all and failed oh, really really quickly um so there was lots of lessons learned from there I ended mm-hmm. up uh, bankrupt so that was kind of my a uh, real like life or business defining moment really mm. and it really um really really impacted me and you know still I talk about it a lot now and I would hate to, it to come across as uh kind of blase about it because I'm yeah. definitely not you know it was a really tough experience um but from that I really learned what it was that I wanted to do and what I didn't want to do so what I wanted to take forward and out of that I grew a couple of e-commerce brands which I went on to sell and I really realized that the the thing that I enjoyed and the common thread was the marketing mm-hmm. um and I'd grown my e-commerce brands quite significantly and lots of people coming to me asking for help and advice yeah. and that's really how both the agency and the hub started I was doing a mixture of 
um, delivering for people and then also kind of consultancy and strategy and courses and that kind of thing. So, yeah, the two have run side by side quite um, happily for a couple of years now. So it's great. We have about 50 clients. Last year, we left um, the office during lockdown, a team of five, and we came back this year, a team of 27. So we've had quite a wild growth journey as well. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, that's that's kind of the story of us, really. Oh, wonderful. (laughs) Um, So obviously, you've kind of, my next question, you've kind of already answered, which was, how and when you kind of realized you had that level of expertise or were in a position to um I like the way you put it on one of your posts a small business cheerleader um but you've kind of answered that already but was there kind of a point in time where you were like right this is I have this knowledge now to help others was there something that happened or advice specific advice that you gave to someone that you then realized I'm going to do this. Yeah. yeah, I think it takes a while. When I was looking to return after after the business failed and I went through the bankruptcy, it took me a while of kind of licking my wounds and, you know, being able to get out of bed in the morning. Yeah. Um, it took a while until I was at that stage. And then when I finally was, a lot of people were saying to me, oh, you should go into um, like consultancy and, you know, helping other brands. And I thought, who's going to pay me? I've just gone bankrupt like my business has failed like no one's going to pay me for that and then and then building up the other brands and people kind of coming to me through that there's always that I have a real issue with the term imposter syndrome because I think it's often used just to keep women feeling small and yeah uh, in that in that place of um of being told that we have imposter syndrome I think imposter syndrome is is a constant when you're an entrepreneur you're always trying to push you're always doing things you haven't done before mm-hmm. so of course you're going to feel like you're not sure what you're doing it's it's just a a, a natural thing isn't it yeah um, so I have a bit of an issue with that but I guess in the beginning that's the closest description to what was going on of you know who would pay me and why would they want me to help and and then you suddenly realise that you only really have to be a step ahead of whoever you're helping yeah. for it to be helpful. And there's so many people out there that are giving so much bad advice. Um, and in the beginning, so I mean, there was less people out there giving advice when when I started doing this. But yeah. it was still, I guess, seeing the results and seeing the people that you do help is the thing that spurs you along. So. So I suppose for for anyone that wants to do that, it's about it's just about taking that first step, isn't it? And just being confident that that you can genuinely help. There's too many people out there that are just offering things that aren't very helpful just to kind of make money. Absolutely. And it's kind of what my head was doing when I wanted to do this podcast. It was like um, I'm a 20 year old psychology student (laughs) but I've got this big passion for well-being and mental health and just helping even one person and it was even just my dad saying that like but you don't know who it's going to help you know it's all behind with a podcast especially it's all behind the scenes and you you're never going to know who you help unless they like directly tell you this podcast has really helped me so he was like just do it you're never gonna know so just go for it and yeah that's yeah no that that is the amazing thing with podcasts I've got I know you mentioned the work-life blend podcast but I've got my Amanda Perry podcast as well okay and that that's the one that I'll get messages still now like people will go there's about 80 episodes or something on there and people will go back into these really old episodes that I've I've forgotten I even did and <laughs> one of the things one of the things with the bankruptcy it took me a long time to be able to talk about it just because I was you know there's a lot of shame around it I wasn't mm. proud of it at all I'm still not proud of it um but I do have that mentality that you know if it can help one person and when I talked about it once on the podcast, I did a really open and honest podcast about what I went through. Mm-hmm. And I still now, it must have been over a year ago, and I still now get the odd DM that just like stops me in my tracks. And it's just, it's from someone who's going through it and, 
you know, at the time, I remember just desperately Googling for like any stories of mm. people, like particularly women who'd become bankrupt and had they survived? Like, is there a light at the end of the tunnel? And to get those messages from people now saying that I'm that person, like they found that person that's just helped so much is oh. definitely not going to say who made, made it worthwhile, but <laughs> it's a kind of small payoff, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And I guess that's kind of the the good side of social media. There's a lot of bad stuff, but, you know, just finding that one page or that one person that's like helped you so much, it can change your life in a way. And it's just, yeah, yeah that is yeah. that is the, the good thing about social media, yeah, isn't definitely. it? Definitely. And being able to connect with everyone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I kind of wanted to focus on obviously this idea of the work-life blend um for this episode sure. um so I've listened to a couple of episodes of your podcast myself um so I kind of have a good idea of what the message is and and the importance of it but for those listening who have no idea what this concept is or you know haven't listened to your podcast could you explain a bit more about what it's all about and why it is so important yeah, sure. I think um, it really comes from the fact that we are like life has changed so much and people talk about this work life balance, but it's really it's it's really not accurate because I mean, that was like something that came in in the 80s when mm. way before you were even born, when, <laughs> like staying at work till you know 10 11 p.m and let's not pretend that that doesn't still happen and that there isn't still a lot of pressure in the workplace mm -hmm. but the idea of the balance was really brought in to be you know you're at work till like leave work at 5 or 6 p.m and then you can start enjoying your life and mm -hmm. then so you have this this kind of zero sum like nine to five or eight to six or whatever you work you're in work and and that is your work and then outside of that you can live your life yeah and it's just such an outdated you know in this day particularly now since covid with like hybrid working and working from home and flexible hours and that kind of thing it's mm -hmm. a really outdated principle um and i just think it's it's time for change it's time that we looked at how we integrate our work and our life yeah. to make something that we're not we're not just living our life 5 p.m to 9 a.m you know we're living our life 24 7 and we love our work and that's part of our life and you know it's it's all just integrated into something that works for us and for our you know business or job like we still have obviously have a commitment to um bring in money or you know we we need to enjoy our our work but that's part of it kind of looking at this you have one life don't spend eight nine ten hours a day of it not living your life you yeah know? yeah and I guess um one thing about that obviously it's it's for someone who's um I guess self-employed or they have they work what's it they work to live live to work yeah what's, yeah what's, work, the, what's, uh, the, what's the right work, one work to live yeah. work well, to live. It, it depends what you try I guess if you've got your own business a lot of people just live to work don't they? yeah but, you, know, you should kind of work to live somewhere in the middle is good yeah yeah um <laughs> but then you've obviously got people like um healthcare workers people in hospitality and retail and um in teaching and things like that where they have these set shifts sure and they aren't able to integrate their their life and their you know what they want to do outside work into their working day mm. um so kind of how does that work I don't know like that because the, the idea yeah. of the work-life blend is to kind of integrate both have that freedom yeah, yeah. yeah so then kind of what tips would you give to someone who can't have who who likes to have that separation and can't yeah both. I mean listen you can't you know you can't say something and it apply to everyone can yeah. you? you can't have one one rule for everyone it's not one, fit, my, one size fits my, all yeah my audience and the people that I support are generally self-employed or have their own business yeah but I do think that there is a way of 
of um, applying this to anyone. And this sounds very, I got um, accused of, of kind of toxic positivity talking about it. Oh, wow. and, um, privilege online which which I, I, I totally accept for some audiences this mm-hmm. person was talking about how you know some people have to work two three jobs um, to, to pay the bills and of course in those situations I'm not say, I'm not suggesting that you have the the privilege or you know that you're in the position to sit back and go oh, how can I integrate my work and life better you know my yeah. audience primarily self-employed business people however I do think that we're at this period now where we've come out of I shared this on my Instagram just this morning we've like come out of the most turbulent 18 months any of us have ever seen I'm sure Mm -hmm. on a global scale and it's time you know there's there's this mass resignation going on there's a survey saying that 41% of employees are going to hand their notice in once they feel that there's this stability and we're seeing across the board like people just want change yeah and I think that yes maybe for a shift worker you can't go I'm on lates next week but I don't want to do that because I'm living the work-life blend (laughs) but I do think that in the bigger picture of I'll I'll give you some context where this started is one of my favorite sayings is a Mary Oliver quote and it's um tell me what do you plan to do with this um one wild and precious life and that's kind of where it started. And I think that's the position we're in now where we're saying we have one life. We've just seen over 18 months how fragile that is and how we're not in charge. Like Mother Nature's in charge and the universe is going to do what, what it does. Mm-hmm. Um, and and have the courage if, if our life allows that and if our position allows that, have the courage to change that. So vocational um careers like you know nurses and carers and that kind of thing teachers there there's perhaps a myth where they're like born to do that but I think it's really time to check in now and think is that still really like the context of everything has changed is that still what I want to do so I'm not saying on a granular level that everyone's able to look at their life and think oh I'll do a bit of work here and play there and work there and play there but on on a on a zoomed out level I think everyone has the option or most people have the option to look at their work and think if it's still something that really fits in with their life and and their life vision yeah no you've said that really really well um and obviously I wasn't trying to um, wasn't trying to come at you with um no 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 not at all no 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 it's it's you're you're absolutely right and it doesn't um you know it can't apply to everyone can it no kind of no rule can apply to everyone I guess you've got the the um super wealthy and the kind of um other end of the scale the you know real low income where I absolutely get what this woman was saying and and actually it was a really good reminder because I was just thinking about my audience of people who are self-employed and business people and there are you know you think of someone who's working three cleaning jobs saying to them like is this really what you want to be doing with your Mm. life not that there's anything wrong with cleaning but you know if someone's kind of just doing these jobs working around the clock to make ends meet and working around their kids being at school and of course they don't have the privilege of sitting there and pondering on what they want to do with their life um right now but that maybe that's a temporary thing you know yeah yeah 100 and I guess as well it's not it's it's a it's a goal I guess that requires a more it's a conscious and consistent effort as well it's not something that you can't you can just you know say this is how I'm going to do it and do it it's <laughs> yeah it's, it's a, a, a journey I guess yeah it's definitely a journey and it's a and that's the other thing with the balance is that it's this um you know to my every like I hear people say it all the time every day I promise myself I'm going to leave at five I'm going to do this and do that mm-hmm. and and it just doesn't happen because sometimes it's not realistic but maybe there's a way of and I'm guilty of this as an employer you know thinking um not not that people should like people manage their own workloads right like in my business in most agencies people are responsible for their own workloads Mm. and and that is kind of my approach with the blend thinking 
but you forget that not everyone's comfortable with having those conversations about you know I'm at capacity or I've got too much on or you're asking me to do this thing but I just don't have time I expect people to say that and not everyone you know at a junior level or something is comfortable with saying that so mm-hmm definitely not a perfect science but I think it's 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 the way that we need to be moving yeah yeah and like and obviously there's a big role there for um management and obviously like HR professionals to to encourage and support that that environment that people can be open about it and um yeah yeah I guess that's one of the things I wanted to really touch on on this podcast was how to better communicate with senior management about these issues and you know not being scared to open up about it because everyone it's even if you've been in a in a a team for so long it can still be such a uh, stigmatized topic to talk about and it's such a it's just not it's not really talked about at all Mm. and like I guess in like team meetings and things like that it's not really touched on because they've got these set priorities to get to get uh, talked about and then it just um how people are and how people mm. are getting on with the workload is often missed I think um so obviously you have your own work team yeah so how do you kind of in team meetings do you touch on that do you touch on kind of um you know how everyone's getting on and making sure that people are feeling comfortable and if they're not like do something about it I guess yeah it's really tough it's really tough at the moment we've you know we're we tried to come back to the office and then Mm -hmm. everyone was getting pinged so we're we're still very much half in half out I'm in the office today there's about seven of us in our kind of just now so it is really tough it's not I'm not pretending that it's easy and it's also something I've been thinking and talking about a lot recently where you forget how to me I just think why didn't you talk to me about that you know why didn't we have that conversation and Mm -hmm. and there's a there's a dynamic as an employee you know that employee is it's their wage and their rent or their mortgage or their you know it's their their livelihood and you're expecting them to have a conversation with you which could potentially put that in jeopardy I would Mm -hmm. I, I would like to think my team would know that it wouldn't but it's a natural human instinct isn't it I guess to kind of think if I say something negative it's gonna it's gonna kind of reflect negatively on me yeah Um, so it's a really difficult one we have a really strong management team who um do uh check in with their teams really really regularly and a lot of the time we being an agency it's it's like constantly managing workflow so it's constantly managing resource and we'll have sometimes where people are under capacity and sometimes where they're over and that the idea is that that kind of balances out but there's definitely a tipping point that we have to address when people are way over capacity Mm. and I think it's a cultural thing and I think it is something that a lot of people take for granted but you really do have to put those feedback loops in place so that people feel comfortable um to to be able to voice that otherwise it's too late and you're having that conversation as someone's handing in their notice because it's you know they haven't been listened to or they haven't been asked and 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 that's too late you know you've caught them too late yeah yeah and um the main I mean the main reason I wanted to do this podcast is that I feel like mental health can often be this thing that you know I mean we've got mental health awareness month and things like that and I I think it can often be the thing where it's made aware of for this dedicated month of year and then when it when you go back into a workplace and specifically it's just forgotten about Mm. and um, obviously that's my whole thing is to encourage more workplaces to adopt these uh well-being initiatives and you know actually yeah. do something but it's it's really hard it's yeah. really hard to manage I know a lot of places kind of talk about um giving mental health days and yeah. I I hate to say it like I often see that kind of thing used as a bit of a PR exercise no 100 um, percent 
and and that's unfair to the people who do do it genuinely but it's actually really hard to manage you know mental health is is like the whole issue is that it's invisible isn't it it's really hard to you can't it's not a broken arm it's not a cold it's not something that you can see and Mm -hmm. yeah I know it's easy to say well you know you should trust the team and you should have that kind of but it's it's really hard to manage it's hard to balance a commercial enterprise which any business is Mm -hmm. with this idea that you have unlimited mental health days and that people can take um you know a, a day off to kind of look after their their mental health yeah I think that the the goal for me is always to look after people's mental health so it doesn't become mental illness like people don't talk about mental health until it's an illness yeah and there's there um and I do also think that the the responsibility is also on the um, employee to kind of have those conversations. Yeah. And that's, that's on the context of that they're able to have those conversations, you know, and I know that that doesn't happen in a lot of companies. We have really regular check-ins and reviews. We have um, healthcare, which uh, there's a like mental health line that they can access there. And it's something that's very much, on our radar and we're active about we've Mm -hmm. I think pretty much everyone here has got their own mental health story as I'm sure like 99% of the human race have (laughs) Um, so it's something that we're really aware of but it's it's not easy to manage I don't think that there is a a kind of silver bullet solution which means that it's it's looked after on both sides yeah now I'm just um, in awe of the way you've put it so perfectly because obviously I'm um, my role in the company I work at is is this well-being lead and I I do struggle a lot with kind of putting these ideas across and yeah. um, kind of saying it in the right way I think I really struggle with that so it's just nice to hear someone put it well I guess <laughs> yeah oh, I think it's it's hard there's no um you know, and you're always going to offend someone. Like we've had a couple of instances where we had some significant mental health issues with some of the team and we'd mm. kind of look back on their health declaration when they started and we'd have the conversation of why didn't you declare it on your form? Because we could have, so we would, it's, it's, it feels bad that we haven't been able to support you. We could have mm-hmm. given you more support, additional support. And the conversation's always been that, you know, I'm scared to put it on my form because it's there's still such a stigma. And and honestly, from a human being point of view, I get that. I get if I was applying for a job, would I kind of declare any mental health issues? And mm. maybe not. But then from an employer's point of view, when you're then looking at long term sickness to be able to support that and you you could have helped in the lead up to it even if that's just about we have an understanding that you always operate at 70 percent capacity because we know that overwhelms like a huge trigger for your mental health issues or whatever that is you know just weekly check-ins or um whatever like days working from home or whatever that could be we we could have supported before it got to the point where it's it's kind of an issue again it comes up as an issue so it's 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 difficult isn't it I don't think anyone's got the answers and I think the the unfortunate thing is is that it is quite hard to talk about because the only people that are really talking about this on LinkedIn or Instagram maybe business-wise are the people who are saying we've just given the team unlimited mental health days or we've done this or we've done that talking about the reality of how difficult that is to balance with a commercial venture is not like cool or or even seem to be supportive because when it's written in black and white it's it's really hard to get that the kind of nuance of we want to support but it's really hard and you know it's yeah it's 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 a difficult one isn't it definitely and I think obviously it's never going to be you're never going to get it perfect every time if if at all yeah um and yeah like like you said it's not 
it's not the difficulty of that communication isn't talked about and I guess when it comes to mental health in the workplace it is just you know people do just like encourage it and as they should obviously but Mm. it is missed that the the other side of it so yeah you're absolutely right um I guess the, the answer to this question is pretty obvious but I'm going to ask it anyway do you think it's been tougher to maintain this work-life blend through the pandemic yeah absolutely well was it hard during lockdown I don't know in some ways it was so much easier wasn't it because Mm. we were just at home and there was kind of nothing else to do so work was bleeding into life and life had to bleed into work yeah so maybe it was easier to manage yeah I guess it I guess in some ways it was, but then I'm saying that from the point of view of someone whose inclination is to work too much anyway. <laughs> so I, I just had the ability to work a lot and feel like I was fitting other stuff in there. So um, I think the answer would be yes, it was easier, but from perhaps an even more unhealthy point of view, you know, no yeah. one would trade, no one would say, let's stay in lockdown for the rest of my life because I was able to like balance the blend so yeah perhaps it was easier because of the restrictions but yeah definitely not a a condition that I would want to um want to be in again absolutely not and I mean I was gonna say like um I'm really grateful that we had that obviously all the other stuff that came with it I wish we didn't have that but I've grown a lot in that time and I think if I didn't have that time locked in I would not be where I am now and I wouldn't be as confident as I am now and just things like that um yeah it's it's obviously again it's different for every person um a lot of people literally despised it and would never go into that situation again I think it's a it's a real privilege thing isn't it I think when you think of you know when you think of people that were in flats with no um garden or no outside space and you know we the house I mean at the moment it's small but we still have a a small garden and a park nearby and it was um yeah even looking I think it's it's really strange now watching like uh we're building a house at the moment so we've we've been watching like a lot of grand designs and stuff and watching any of those shows now which like start before lockdown and then they go into it and it's Mm. quite it's kind of a a bit of an out-of-body experience watching it just you forget how crazy it was and how tough it was in the beginning and impacted everything so yeah it's it's uh, definitely one of those situations we just had to get through didn't we and and hopefully touch wood we won't have to go through again yeah and I guess for my family as well at the start it was kind of this like um it, we were obviously so naive to what what would be ahead but it was like such a breath of fresh air at the start yeah. Um we had that lovely weather in in March mm. and April and I was doing like stuff that I would would never have time to do before, like exercising a lot more, baking. Yeah. That's what got me yeah. into my love for cooking and baking now. And it's like that I wouldn't likely wouldn't have had that opportunity if if we hadn't. But then obviously it just went downhill from there. And yeah, yeah it just it was it's just funny how naive we all were at the start, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, I think there's um everyone's experience was so different, wasn't it? And yeah. I think it's really easy. I've I've had this conversation a lot where you kind of, you know, there are some people who 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 are still on furlough, like they were on furlough the whole time, and either that was great or awful because they were terrified about their jobs or mm. or they had all this time off on you know kind of full pay. There's people who've you know lost like loved ones and that's absolutely awful and you know it's we've all had such a unique experience of it it's been such a strange time hasn't it and I think I think that's what's leading to this period now where there's just this like I don't know just this kind of strange feeling in the air this feeling of what's 
what's next like the the kind of unsettledness and yeah yeah it's just a bit of a state of flux yeah definitely another question it's kind of very random to just throw it in at this point but um I did want to kind of touch on it I found a stat that kind of really hit me so it's from Wall Street Journal so it's like obviously it's based in the US but yeah. I just really like the stat and it's basically that women make up 46% of entry level groups but only a handful if any make it to the C-suite mm. um, but the interesting thing about that statistic and many others like it is that a lot of studies show that when women do lead they and their companies thrive more and that it's when when more women lead performance improves and mm. I just love it because it's like mm. you just feel like punch in the air (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I guess my question with that was that um would do you think there is sort of still this gender blindness I guess when it comes to setting work-life blends or balance um Mm. there's kind of this outdated expectation that you know men work more women have more responsibilities Mm. or other priorities Mm. um Mm. What's your kind of view on that? I guess I'm asking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, we could do a whole podcast just on that, couldn't we? It's a huge question. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that there's there's one thing in terms of like expectation of women and the kind of um, the the weight of like labour expectations and that kind of thing um, at home. And you know, women are now doing full time jobs and doing all of the free labour at home. And you mm-hmm. know, there's, there's a lot for women to do. The other side of it for me is that um, I really, I lo- I agree with you. I love hearing stats like that. And I, th- I find it really fascinating. I also think that there's such a huge emphasis placed on, I get asked so many times, what's it like being a woman in business? And I'm mm. like, I don't know, like I've never been a man in business. I just like, <laughs> you know, I'm, a, I'm a woman and I own a business. For me, that's kind of where it stops. Although I do think that there is um, a real change going on and and we're definitely going through this I know a lot of people are really skeptical about you know we're 20 years on and no progress has been made Mm. there's definitely a change going on in business where it's it's you know a man business is a man's world and we're we're ruled by these kind of really hard and fast like black and white um data metrics and profitability and top Mm. lines and bottom lines and you know staff turnover and don't care and take the emotion out of it and there's definitely a a sea change where we're bringing in those um kind of feminine female uh, energies into business and it's okay to care now and it's okay to show your emotions in business and it's okay to not necessarily be led by your emotions because you do need the hard stuff as well yeah but you know really bringing in these I remember hearing Sarah Blakely talk from um, Spanx and she was saying the same thing about you know when she started Spanx and these men were like business is war you know are you ready to go to war and this idea that you hate your competition you do anything to bring them down yeah like I work with my competition you know I'm I'm in groups like chatting to my competition every day I pass them leads they pass me leads it's not it's not about that anymore and I I actually feel really sorry for people who who do operate like that because that's such a a kind of fear place to come from so there's a lot in it like stat wise I think it's desperately sad that um more people don't make it to the c-suite but you know more women sorry but we know why like women are do you do you want to have kids or do you want to have a career like do you want to take your whole career off course because you have this one chance or this one window in your life to potentially have children Mm. or do you want a career or do you want to progress and that's what needs to change you know hearing stuff like um google and apple paying for their employees who wants want their eggs frozen just kind of makes me feel a bit sick like i get it's not it's not about 
making them have their eggs frozen there's other things around that it's about their whole you know um kind of allowing women to to have that flexibility yeah but that that just makes me feel a bit sad I think it's it's you know about supporting women to be able to do both I also think it's it's kind of biology isn't it like so many women they don't you know maybe you are on that career path and that is what you want but then once you have kids and it changes that so I don't know if we're trying to force something that is never going to change dramatically because we just see it as a stat and we're like outraged by it but the the reality behind it is yes we know that you know it's bloody boys club isn't it like in a lot of companies but I do think that there's there's some stats behind it that are you know women saying like oh no I was they asked me I just didn't want to go back you know I didn't want to why why am I gonna care about my sales targets when little like Johnny's taking his first steps you know I'll stay at home (laughs) thanks or I'll, or I'll, I see this all the time, you know, I've started my own thing, I'm going to use those skills, and I'm going to consult, or I'm going to set up a business, or something that works around me. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. I'm like speechless after that now. There we go. Wow. <laughs> no, because you're like, you're so right, it's, it's such a huge topic, and it does, it deserves a much more than just you know a part of a conversation in a podcast but I did just want to touch on it because it is involved in work-life blends so absolutely yeah yeah absolutely I just think it's a it's again it's one of those conversations that um like people have online and they want to be able to address these huge topics in like Instagram captions Mm -hmm. and then it just goes wild and everyone like before you know there's just this huge bum fight and you're like can we can we not just like talk about this stuff and look at let's look at the whole picture every stat that you see is like I remember someone telling me once this stat that was like every time a motorway's I can't remember like every time a motorway's closed it costs for an hour it costs 13 million pounds or whatever the stat was and I was like to who like what does that mean like people just come out with these stats and like costs who 13 million like why like give me the bigger picture I don't know what you're telling me like and I'm not saying that about that that's that is a stark picture but I think that there's there's another picture behind it isn't it that's all I'm saying no you're so right because obviously along with my well-being stuff that I do for MJS I do kind of market research as well and I I see stats like that yeah coming from like the biggest stakeholders in in say for example highways and there's no kind of explanation below it it's just like this big start and everyone's like huh yeah (laughs) what does that mean all all through covid haven't we yeah oh my gosh that's that the government put out and you're like yeah but that's not taking into account this or like the covid deaths yeah but that was just people who've had it within 28 days it's Mm. you can you can cut a cake whichever way you want to can't you to to show the picture that you want to show this is getting off topic I don't want anyone (laughs) to think I don't want anyone to think that I'm saying there isn't an issue with women progressing to see there 100 percent is. I'm just saying that there's you know there's there's a, another another story behind that isn't there no yeah when you are kind of leading a business and you or you're um not leading a business when you're trying to spread awareness for something and you do just want to throw that stat in there you sometimes you can't you know um give all the all the context and it's it's up to the person listening or reading that really to further educate themselves and that is so missed and it's yeah it's just really annoying but But that's right isn't it that's right because if you're if you're trying to sell a point whatever that point is if you're you know if you're the government and you're trying to prove that by doing this thing it's right because there's this stat that proves you're not going to give the full picture because you want that kind of stark reality don't you yeah um yeah there's definitely I guess all I'm saying is you know the picture that's often behind those stats isn't about oh poor women aren't able to do this and poor women and we're still no no further on and this constant like outrage and despair it's like 
no no it's fine I I chose to I'm all right I'm I'm now doing this much better thing for me and mm. building my own life and my own freedom so you know I think um yeah I think it's just good to zoom out a bit sometimes isn't it yeah definitely um so that's all the questions I had about the work-life blend I think we've kind of we've we've done that quite well I think we've touched on we've touched on a good amount of um aspects of that I had like a couple kind of quick fire questions more about like leading a business Mm -hmm. um because as much as I wanted this podcast to be about this work-life blend and that that concept um while you're here I would like to (laughs) As a as a, um, a business leader, I think I would like to just kind of quick fire these questions. So you're mm-hmm. on your fifth business venture, am I right? Or am I? Oh, I mean, it depends. It depends which ones you count. I've <laughs> multiple, multiple businesses. Um, I mean, yeah, let's call it that. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I guess the kind of the main question from me for that would be kind of where do you get your all your ideas from I'm, you must have kind of a very active brain I guess to keep uh, to splurge all these ideas where did they come from I guess I'm asking yeah I mean yeah. it's a big question um, but I say yeah, I was going to do a quick yeah, fire definitely not quick fire but um <laughs> they are ideas I, ideas aren't are never a problem ideas are never a problem for me I believe that ideas aren't a problem for a lot of people it's mm. it comes down to the execution um so ideas for me are are like my problem is deciding which ideas to go ahead with so I'll talk to someone and we'll kind of um discover like a a need for something and then my brains I've, I've set the business up before we've even finished the conversation um so it's just it's for me it's deciding which ones to take forward and which ones not to and that's definitely been a learning process and when I say I'm on my fifth business, I'm probably on my um, 10th or 12th business. But, you know, there's been that learning of like, oh, yeah, I'll start that as well. And then you think, hang on a minute, if I start that, I need to focus on this. So so there's, you know, wasted money, wasted time, wasted opportunity there. So I've really learned my lesson now. And I really um, it's about focus, isn't it? You really have to focus on the things that are that are are gonna get you towards your goals yeah and I guess what comes with that as well is the the motivation like what kind of what to focus your motivation on if mm. that makes sense yeah, so kind of yeah. as as such a as someone who has all these ideas what do you or has has had so many business ventures how what do you do kind of when your motivation dips to make sure that that idea or that you know endeavor is not lost uh yeah it's a great question I guess that's the key isn't it that's for me if my motivation's lost early on that's what starts me thinking "Mm, is this the right yeah like if I've come up against one obstacle and then my motivation's like I'm you kind of have to think "Mm, am I going down the right path Mm. so I have a bit of a a bit of a kind of test for myself now where I'll I won't act on anything impulsively I'll just kind of sit with it for a while sit with it for a few weeks and really kind of decide what that looks like Mm. um if my motivation dips I what do I do someone asked me this the other day what gets you up in the morning when you don't feel like getting up and I was like Mm. I can't even think (laughs) of a I can't think of a time like I'm someone who my alarm goes um, if I rarely even get to my alarm I'm like up and out I'm at work I get to I get into the office at seven every morning. I just wow. love like a couple of hours before everyone else arrives just to kind of really get my stuff done. And, yeah. Um, so I'm not really someone that suffers with lack of motivation for work. Mm-hmm. I really suffer with lack of motivation for exercise <laughs> and anything outside of work. But in yeah. terms of work, I'm like, I don't know. I'm not wired up bright. Like my brain just, <laughs> I, I I just I could I could carry on working this is I'm not saying I'm like some kind of robot that works 24 7 I'm terrible <laughs> evenings but I'm I'm really like um, yeah I'm not someone that suffers from motivation and work well there you go 
Um, <laughs> I'm the complete opposite. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. I won't tell yeah. your dad. <laughs> <laughs> he knows. Um, as, like I said, I've, I had questions, but they're not exactly quick fire, and we are on like 50 minutes. So I yeah. think I think we can leave it there. I think what um, I'd like to end on is have you got kind of any recommendations for either a book a youtube video a documentary to do with this kind of work-life blend or anything really to do with kind of well-being mental health in the workplace that you would recommend to people listening uh oh my god i'm such again a, big question like, sorry <laughs> nerd. yeah i mean podcast wise obviously my podcast yeah book wise uh, not specifically about the work-life blend. I mean, there's so many books that I just like. I just love listen. I listen mainly to like Audible hmm. um, books, and there's so many. Like um, Creative Ink is a great book for kind of that bringing that creativity. Um, that's by the the founder of Pixar. Um, my mind's gonna go completely blank now. Like things like I love like Atomic Habits. That's a great one. It's definitely not about the work-life blend, but it kind of ties into the motivation and improving mm. your 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 um, life. Like the um, uh, oh, I can't think of the the name of the other one, but Atomic Habits is a great one. Like just doing a new thing each day. Um, yeah. Yeah, so many. Pod I love podcasts. I love the Creative Rebels podcast, um, Masters of Scale by Reid Hoffman from LinkedIn. That's a great one. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I could I could go on. I'll tell you what I do really like. I'll leave you with this one because <laughs> I, I really like this. I don't know if everyone's on it, but Masterclass, it's, a, it's um, like an app where they have business founders and leaders who do... Um, masterclasses like video masterclasses and it could be on um like Sarah Blakeney from Spanx did one on her big idea Robin Arzen from um, Peloton did one on uh finding her motivation I think hers was uh someone else did one on like the art of negotiation and that's a really nice app but there's also like um cooking and art and it's not just about business but I think in terms of I guess the blend and like looking at other aspects of your life that's a really good um it's pet it's a paid platform you subscribe for a year but I'd recommend looking at that cool thanks very much no worries well yeah I think I think we can we can finish there um Brilliant. just thank you very much for coming on make sure to head over to Amanda's podcast you can get it on all platforms I think yeah all platforms or yeah come and find me on Instagram at Amanda Perry